Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Hey girls, welcome back to my podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. And also thank you guys so much for watching my last YouTube video. I was honestly so excited by the amount of people who watched it in the first 24 hours. And I'm going to be taking a lot more time dedicated to YouTube. And I'm going to be taking a lot of my energy and putting it towards YouTube. And that's going to be happening in the next month. And For the last three months, I've been dropping an episode every month, but now my goal is to drop them every week starting in the end of February. So I'm really excited about that. If you haven't seen my YouTube video, go watch it. It's the first link in my description right below. And it's also in my bio on my TikTok and my Instagram and my Twitter, I believe. And yes, so go watch my YouTube video. If you've already watched it, thank you so much. It was about my three weeks in solitude. And if you guys know me, which you do, You know that I really am a proponent of taking a lot of time alone and in solitude. And although I did that for two years, I think it's really important to just allow myself to go into that interspersed within my life currently. So that is what my last YouTube video was about. It is about my three weeks in solitude from the end of December to kind of the beginning of January or middle of December to beginning of January. And I did a thrift haul. I brought you guys thrifting with me. I talked about God and spirituality. And I showed you guys my favorite bakery, my little vegan food. I showed you guys my dog, Lavender. It was just such a fun little video. And I can't wait. And I am currently recording my next video. I'm actually recording my next two videos right now at the same time. So I feel very official and YouTube-y. So I'm really excited about that. So thank you guys so much for supporting me and go subscribe to my channel if you haven't. And without further ado, let's get into this episode, which is about the sisterhood wound. And I haven't actually made an episode about the sisterhood wound specifically because I was actually planning on putting it on YouTube. But then I kind of realized that I'm really enjoying just putting my personality and more of my day to day experiences and more like vlog style kind of things on my YouTube and I'm enjoying my I mean as usual my podcast is more of that space where I'm you know giving you my opinions and sharing my wisdom and telling you my truths and telling you my perspective on things and I was gonna do some of that on YouTube but I just decided not to and I feel like I'm really liking just my thing that I'm kind of that I got going right now on YouTube so I'm really just gonna stick with my podcast for all of my truths and opinions and perspectives and just keep my YouTube for whatever is coming up for me and just sharing what's coming up for me so I love that little vibe and I'm really excited so let's get into the sisterhood wound 
for today's episode. So in our society right now, we have a massive sisterhood wounds going on and that is manifesting in so many different ways. And the reason that we have a sisterhood wound is pretty, you know, obvious. We live in the patriarchy and in the patriarchy, women are seen as competition to one another. And on top of that, women have lost their connection to themselves. And as a result, they are really engaging with a lot of internalized misogyny, which again, puts them against other women. It makes them jealous of other women. It makes them see other women as competition. It also makes them pedestal men and be triggered by women, right? So instead of, you know, wanting to empower women or instead of considering women as sacred and holy, internalized misogyny allows women to feel that men are superior in some sort of way and that women are worse or women are annoying or women are whatever just ranking below men and the thing is that a lot of times this is very very subtle we see this in families a lot of times where the sons are consistently given opportunities or given the benefit of the doubt or raised in a different way than the daughters are and if you ask the parents they would say no I you know I didn't do that and it's not something that's being actually even done on purpose internalized misogyny is so ingrained into a lot of women that they don't actually realize that they are acting from this way they just think that they that this woman, that the daughter is always wrong or that the daughter is always this or they think that the son is just better, that he's better better behaved or whatever. They're not actually aware that they're unconsciously, intentionally choosing to give the son opportunities that the daughter is not given or give the son the benefit of the doubt or raise him in a different way than the daughter, right? And so That is how a lot of things work when they are deeply, deeply ingrained and deeply unconscious. And similarly, this is how I used to feel about abusive relationships, right? Like, I don't know why, but it just always happens that I'm in abusive relationships and it's not my doing. I'm not attracting this or I'm not creating this or I'm not wanting this or I'm not nothing about me is choosing these types of relationships. They just happen to me, right? And a lot of times that's how the sisterhood wound is manifesting where it's like, I don't know why I always only want to be around men. The women I've known are just so annoying. The women that I know are just so this, the women are so that, right? And so it's this idea, a lot of times, this subtle idea that they're not actually intentionally being misogynistic or having internalized misogyny towards other women. They just believe that the other women around them just suck and only the men are, you know, worthy or only the men are good or whatever. And these are just unconscious um, beliefs and unconscious wounds and whatnot that are deeply ingrained in the unconscious of these individuals that cause them to act out in these certain ways and cause them to only see the, you know, the negatives of other women or whatnot. And due to these unhealed wounds, they recycle these patterns and whatever. So the sisterhood wound is very much alive and well in our society in so many different ways. I can't even go through all of the ways because it's literally so many different things you know girls being mean to one another girls thinking they are better than other girls if a woman is married or in a relationship and the other woman is single thinking that you're better than the other woman who's single 
thinking that men are easier than women, thinking that men are, you know, sons are better behaved than daughters, thinking that women always cause problems, thinking that, you know, girls giving the the male members in the family benefits that the women's don't that the women children or the girls children do not get you know um not being able to form any female friendships having this idea that all women are jealous of you having this idea that all women are vindicative or manipulative or conniving having the idea or only being in friendships with women who are you know um just not the quality that you want to be around, right? So there's so many different ways. Those are just, I just touched the very surface of all of the different ways in which the sisterhood wound manifests. So now that we know how it manifests, we need to understand how do we heal it? So the first part to healing this internalized misogyny or this sisterhood wound with other women is first understanding where it stemmed from. So just acknowledging some areas in your life where other women were really, really harmful for you or really harmful to you. So for example, in childhood, a lot of times we had a lot of conflict with other girls, right? So for me, one of the things that I experienced was a lot of the older girls in my school were very, very mean to me and they were always kind of beefing with me and I was always very nervous nervous and on edge around the older girls in my school. Now, I also a lot of times experienced a lot of tension with the girls in my grade as well. I was continually and, you know, consistently not liked by the girls in my grade, in my school. I was always left out. I was always not wanted to be friends with, you know, the girls in my school always would have problems with me and never really like me. I would sit alone a lot of times at lunch when I was in middle school. When I was in high school, I had a ton of conflict with the other girls around me. And I was just really not understood or seen by a lot of the other girls around me. Now, on top of that, I did have a lot of conflict in my home with women members of my family. That was really difficult as well. And I was experiencing all around me difficulty with other women, right? Like I never, I didn't have any relationships as a child as, you know, from ages 10 to 18 where I actually felt safe with other women. Well, actually, actually that's a lie. My best friend from age, you know, she's been my best friend since I was 12. She's still my best friend. She lives in DC. I love her. Shout out to her. I was just talking to her, but she's been my like best friend. She's like my sister. But I will say we went to different schools. So it was really hard because she's like my sister. But all of the women I was interacting with on a daily basis, the women in my school, the women in my family, I was just having such a difficult time with. And so as a child, we form these core beliefs about other women based on the way that we were treated by our mothers, our sisters and our family and the women, the girls in school. And a really good telltale to see if we're still coming from the wound or if it's accurate is to see if our exact beliefs about our mother or our sisters or the girls in school are still what we are experiencing now. And if we're still experiencing those same exact beliefs or experiences, then we probably know that we're unconsciously recreating it or it's all that we think is possible. And I have a really, really good example of this. And one of this example, I've, I've said this to a lot of my clients, which is that when I was in middle school, I started to experience a ton of conflict in my family. 
And when I was in my family, I, I got along with my parents, you know, for the majority of my childhood up until a certain point, up until I turned 10. When I hit 11, I started to have extreme conflict within my family with my parents and it didn't resolve for the next 15 years <laughs> and I had a very difficult time with my parents right and I then formed this belief because that's what I experienced I formed this belief that if I had a daughter we would be great up until the age of 10. And after 10 years old, there will be inevitable turmoil. And I formed that belief. I thought it was objectively true that if I had a daughter, we would get along until, you know, up until they were 10 and it, everything would be great. But after 10 years old, it would all go down the drain. And I was like, well, and I had all these reasons why that would happen and all these whatever. And I thought that was just objectively what would happen. And it was only until I was in therapy with my therapist, who is wonderful, who I love, who I've been with for about five years. She's like my trusted confidant. I literally love her. But it was only till I was in therapy and she asked me and said to me, well, you know, what if someone else, because that's the same exact experience you had, right? You were great up until 10. Everybody loved you. Everyone in your family was great. And then once you started coming into your own self and your opinions and you hit puberty and whatever, everyone turned on you. And suddenly you were hated and your family and everything went to shit, right? So that's exactly what you experienced. Now you're saying that that's inevitable, that that's just what happens and that would happen, right? But let's challenge that belief a little bit. That's, you know, essentially what she said to me. Let's challenge that belief a little bit. What if a child from ages zero to 10 their parent hated them from ages zero to 10. Like everything about that child triggered them. They beat them. They were mad at them. They were angry at them. And then once they hit 10 years old and the child started speaking, they realized, oh my God, they had this awakening. This, you know, I, I'm finally hearing my child like really express opinions. Now I'm going to, you know, I, I'm going to heal and I'm not going to treat my child this way anymore, whatever that child might grow up because then they have a great relationship from ages 10 on. So that child may then grow up and have the belief that everything is going to be fine after the age of 10, right? So after the age of 10, the child is going to be like, okay, you just, from ages zero to 10 with my child, it will be shit. But after the age of 10, of 10, everything will be fine, right? So that might be the core belief that the child forms, right? And then as an adult, they still hold on to that. And so the point here is, is that a lot of our beliefs about other women come from core wounds where we formed opinions and beliefs that we have not checked yet. And this is something that we need to do as adults. It's part of healing. It's part of coming into adulthood is checking your ingrained beliefs. For example, my belief that if I had a daughter, inevitably, everything would be terrible in, uh, after age 10. It, I couldn't do anything about it. It would just suck. And, and inevitably, I could try my hardest, but we would start bashing heads and we would start not getting along and I would just regret being a mother and whatever. This is my internalized belief. And I had to check that because most people never do. Most people form beliefs in childhood. 
other women are scary. Men are this. You know, women are this. Uh, you know, this is what childhood is like. This is how you do discipline. This is how you do that. Because of the trauma that they've experienced. And as adults, they never check those beliefs. And so part of healing your sisterhood wound, a massive part, is checking your beliefs and seeing if your beliefs that you currently hold are possibly not objective, but actually just literally your subjective experience. So for example, I had the belief as a child that women would just never understand me. Right. I had this belief that I would just never get along with other girls. Women would never understand me. And I've talked about this before on my on my platform, on my podcast. I've said, you know, that I had this belief in childhood. And it wasn't until adulthood where I really checked this belief, where I realized that this belief was what I believed in childhood. And because I it became a core ingrained belief in me. The fact that I was seen and understood and loved by so many women women couldn't hit. It didn't penetrate me because the belief was already there. I believed that women under, would un, never understand me. So even though my podcast is in the top 100 in the world, and even though women are, you know, in the masses resonating with what I'm saying, I hold this belief. Women just essentially at their core will not resonate with me. They will not hear me. They will not understand me. They will not understand what I'm saying, right? Because that's what I experienced in childhood. I was always saying all of my opinions and beliefs and all of the women around me were like, what the fuck? Like, shut up, first of all. And second of all, you're insane, right? And so I believed that nobody, no women would ever be able to understand me. And even though all of these women were understanding me, all of these women were hearing me, I couldn't actually receive that. And a lot of times that's what happens with our sisterhood wounds. We create some sort of belief and then we stick to it and we filter our reality through it. So even though my podcast is in the top 100, if I still hold this belief, I'm only going to focus on the women who don't get me. The women who comment on my stuff and say, you know, you're a piece of crap or you don't, you know, know what you're talking about or shut up or whatever they say to me, you know. Whatever those women say, those are the only things that would hit. And I would say, see, see, women don't get me. Women don't understand me. And the point here is, is that we have to understand the core beliefs that we created in childhood and then allow those to dissolve. And the way that we actually allow them to dissolve is by sitting with and honoring the pain that we experienced. A lot of times the reason we still hold these beliefs is because we have not actually resolved that pain. If we haven't resolved the pain, we still feel we need to hold on to the protective mechanisms. Let me say that again. If we have never not resolved the pain, we still feel we need to hold on to the protective mechanisms. Why? Because if we haven't resolved the pain, if we haven't sat with it, held ourselves through it, cried through it, understood it, and released it, we still feel it in our body. We still feel in some level of our body a threat. We still feel hurt. We still feel that grief. And if we still feel that there's a threat, if we haven't released this pain, we still believe that we need to hold up our protective mechanisms to protect us against this perceived threat. When we can sit with our pain and release it, we no longer need to keep up with our protective mechanisms because we realize that there's no longer an innate threat. 
And so, so much of healing our sisterhood wound. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C., is first of all, identifying our subjective limiting beliefs that were created from very real trauma in childhood. It does not mean that the beliefs were necessarily wrong in those moments. When I was in childhood, the women around me just didn't get me. But that was in childhood. That was eight years ago. And I'm living a very different experience now as an adult. And I don't need to hold on to that belief anymore. But if I can validate my experience, validate my beliefs that were born from them, and then sit with that pain, I can release both the pain and the experiences and the limiting beliefs. So sitting with the pain of never being understood, sitting with the pain of, you know, um, a lot of times I had women around me who were really always trying to kind of steal my boyfriend, right? Like always trying to, you know, get with my my boyfriend or whatever. And I, I had really traumatic experiences when I was in high school, like, you know, with women that I trusted, you know, trying to get at the boy that I liked or the boy that I was dating or whatever. And so I might have formed some core beliefs from those experiences, which then block me from living at, with my heart open as an adult. And when we're still not when we're still coming from those experiences, our heart closes off to other women. So we need to sit with the pain that we experienced in childhood. We need to sit with these experiences that we've had and understand them and grieve them and be sad. Like, hey, when women did this to me, when this woman did this to me, when, th- when my mom did this to me, that fucking hurt. And that wasn't okay. And that happened for 10 years straight. And that was fucked up. And I never should have experienced that. And I'm fucking sorry that I experienced that. And that is so fucking sad. And let me sit with that. Let me sit with that experience and myself who experienced that and validate her, right? And when we can validate that experience, when we can validate the experience that we had that was traumatic with other women, with our moms, with our sisters, with the women in our school, with the girls in our school, with the girls who try to steal our boyfriends, whatever it is, if we can sit with those experiences and sit with that pain, we can also put them down and say, okay, okay, that's what happened. Okay, that that is what happened when I was 16. My mom did this to me or my sister in my house did this to me or this girl in school did this to me. Okay, that's what happened. And I'm, I, I sat with that and I grieved it and I allowed myself to be hurt and to be angry. And now as an adult, 
I can understand that that was my experience as a child. A lot of other women had different experiences. You know, a lot of other women only had great experiences with other women or a lot of other women had totally different experiences with other women and they formed other different core beliefs. So we know then that our beliefs are not necessarily objectively true, that all women do not do blank, that all women are not blank, right? That's just what we experienced. And so as a result, we can say, okay, now that I know that now that I've sat with this, sat with this pain and I've sat with the part of me that really is angry at other women about that, the part of me that's angry at other women about this experience, now that I've sat with that, I can understand and I can understand and, and really internalize that there's other women who do different things, that there's other women out there who do blank there's other women out there. For example, let's say you had in your childhood, you always experienced other women being jealous of you. Let's say a lot of times women experience their moms being jealous of them, right? I personally did not experience my mom being jealous of me, okay? So I never had the belief that women were jealous of me. I'm sure women at some point were jealous of me in my life and when I was younger, but it just never was something I thought. And I remember people would say, oh, she's probably jealous of you. And I would be like, what? Like it didn't even really resonate because it wasn't a trauma that I was experiencing. But other women whose mom or their sister or whatever was deeply jealous of them and then they felt they always had to kind of like hide themselves or do something like that, they might have experienced consistently believing that other women were jealous of them or they might have experienced more women who were always jealous of them. But when we can understand that that's not an objective truth, we also start to open ourselves up to other possibilities of women and also have standards. This is actually really important because when we believe that all women are blank, let's say I believe all women will never understand me. I'm going to do one of two things. I'm either going to isolate myself completely from other women or I'm going to settle for women who don't understand me because I literally don't believe that women who understand me is even a possibility. And because actually the part of me that is protective exists still, right? If I'm still coming from that wound, I'm not ready to put down that protective shield. Because of that, I actually unconsciously desire to continue to reinforce that belief, I actually unconsciously desire to reinforce that other women are blank, that other women won't understand me because that allows me to continue to feel justified in always having my protective mechanism up, always saying that women are like this or never wanting to hang out with other girls or thinking that you can't hang out with, you know, whatever your protective mechanism is, it justifies the protective mechanism. And that's what the shadow wants. The shadow, the wounded part of you, the wounded parts of your psyche want to feel justified in their guards and in their protective mechanisms staying up because that's what it survives on. The shadow, the wounded parts of you survive by still feeling threatened, right? So if we have not checked that part of us, that part of us feels that it still needs to exist and it actually wants to still exist. Everything wants to still exist. Everything is, is, you know, survival oriented, right? Even unconscious parts of your psyche. And so if this unconscious part of your psyche wants deeply to 
feel justified in existing and wants you to, you know, allow it to keep existing, it needs, it desires to only be around women who reinforce your limiting beliefs of women. And so to heal that, we have to check ourselves. We have to be honest with ourselves about our limiting beliefs about women and understand that we have likely unconsciously sought out women or settled for women connections that were blank, right? And now we can say, I'm actually going to have standards with women. It's very similar with men, right? If I believe that all men are trash or that all men are terrible, that there's literally not one good guy out there or that even if there is, he's not for me. If I believe that, then I am either going to do one of two things. I'm either going to seclude myself forever or I'm going to settle. But if I believe that there's actually a wonderful man out there and there's many wonderful men out there and that the wonderful men out there are actually for me, then I'm not going to settle. I'm going to say there's wonderful men out there. So, you know, this one man isn't great. I'm not really interested. I, you know, I know that there's other wonderful men out there. But if I believe that all men are like that or that no men are good and are available to me, then I'm going to settle with that one who sucks and then I'm going to reinforce my belief that all men suck and that there's no men for me and there's no good men for me, right? So part of healing the sisterhood wound is actually having standards with the women that you allow into your life. Because a lot of times we allow the women and we allow women into our life that reinforce our wounds because unconsciously we actually want them to reinforce our wounds. And women that are wonderful, we don't even resonate with. Women that are wonderful and healthy and whatever, we don't resonate with them. And I experienced that. I always used to have a lot of really dysfunctional female friendships. And it was actually quite difficult for me to form healthy female friendships. And so as a result, I only entered into friendships with women who reinforced my limiting beliefs, who reinforced for me all of my dysfunction, who reinforced for me that women were this and women were that. And it was when I started to do this healing work and then began to actually have standards with the women that I allowed into my life that I actually began to heal. I began to realize that women around me, it was not tolerable for me. So for example, if someone has the wound that women are always jealous of them, It has to become a non-negotiable for you that you will not allow women into your life who are jealous of you because if you do, it will feed your shadows because in some way you actually desire to be around women who are jealous of you because it allows you to create more defensive mechanisms and it allows your shadows protective current mechanisms to exist and to continue existing. So it has to be a non-negotiable for you that women in your life who are jealous of you have got to go and that you will not form any friendships with women who are jealous of you. And as a result of that as well, you also have to experience in your body really deeply making intentions about understanding that women are not and not all women are going to be jealous of you. There's many women who will not be jealous of you. There are many wonderful women who do not view you as competition. And as a result of that, because you know those women exist, those are the only types of women that you will allow into your life. And so it's important, just as equally as it's important to have 
male relationships that are really nourishing and that you have a lot of standards with, it's very important to have a lot of standards for your female friendships as well. And a lot of times there's going to be some sort of lapse. So there might be a period where you don't have a lot of friends. And that happened for me where after I started having non-negotiable healthy relationships with other women in my life, that my relationships with women absolutely had to be nourishing and healthy and wonderful and with other women who were emotionally intelligent and focused on sisterhood and you know not in competition and you know wanting to discuss similar things as me and we're on the same page as me for a lot of things once that became a non-negotiable there was a period in my life where I actually just didn't have a lot of female friendships and that had to be okay and it's the same exact thing with men right when you start to set these standards and these boundaries there might be a period where you're not around any types of men because you're re-regulating into this new baseline so it's very important that you allow yourself to first of all see where your biases towards other women lie and then see where those same biases are exactly what you experienced in childhood. So if you currently believe that all women are never going to understand you, and then you're like, wait, that's exactly what I experienced in childhood. No women understood me. So maybe I have that belief now because that's my subjective experience, but that's actually not an objective truth. So first of all, the first step is understanding what your biases are, what part of you has these ingrained beliefs towards other women. Second part is seeing where those line up with your real life experiences, whether as a young adult, you know, whether as a child, whatever, seeing where your limiting beliefs align with what you've experienced and then understanding that you created those beliefs out of your experiences, but they are not objectively true. They're subjective to what you experience, but someone who didn't experience what you experienced would not hold those same limiting beliefs. Therefore, your belief about other women, this, this big belief about other women, what is some sort of limiting idea that women are this or women are that or all friendships are like this or all women are like that understanding that that's not objectively true and then replacing it with a different belief. This is the new belief that I'm going to think that there's a lot of women who actually will understand me. I just have to be willing to receive them. Right. So that's the new belief. And then from that point, we need to have standards for the women that we allow into our lives and making sure that we're holding standards for the women that we allow in our lives, making sure that we are having standards, making sure that we are you know, knowing what we deserve with our female friendships and holding that and then actively seeking out other women who engage in, in whatever type of lifestyle or nourishment you're looking for. And then the, another part of it as well is sitting with the pain that you experienced from other women. Let's say another woman had sex with your husband or another woman your mother beat you as a child or the women in school bullied you the girls in school and high school bullied you those are all really fucking traumatic and we need to sit with that and validate that and allow that to exist and allow that to be heard and when we can allow that to be heard and we can also sit with it and allow it to release once we're ready once we've really sat with the pain then we no longer need to carry the limiting beliefs that are born from it right? And we can start to create new things. And so with our sisterhood wound, a lot of times 
it's healed by doing this inner work and then having standards for the women that we allow in our lives and creating new friendships with women who align with this these new expansive non-limiting beliefs that we've now created but it's really a, a multiple step kind of thing and we will notice that a lot of the limiting beliefs that you currently have that you just think of are, are objectively true are literally exactly what happened to you right all women are scary. Oh, well, that's interesting because you felt very scared when your mother beat the shit out of you every day. Okay, well, that fucking makes sense, right? I never got beaten as a child. And as a result, I never believed women are scary. I believed women wouldn't understand me, that women didn't hold the capacity to understand my opinions or beliefs or thoughts. That was my limiting belief because that's what I experienced. All the women around me bullied me. My mom, you know, didn't understand me. My mom was always very angry at me for my thoughts and my beliefs and my opinions and it was very disruptive and in my schools I was constantly the problem child because all of the teachers were all women because I went to all girls schools all the teachers were constantly angry at me for my opinions and all of the other girls ostracized me so I always believed women just won't be able to understand me and neither will men nobody understands me like I just thought nobody will ever get me but for women I had that belief that women are just this and women won't ever be able to hold that and as a result I only experienced friendships that were like that until I started to realize that that was just my subjective experience and I actually was unconsciously replaying it as an adult so a lot of these things are really, really trauma centered because a lot of our sisterhood wound, I mean, all of it comes from living in the patriarchy and being traumatized in the patriarchy. There's so many different ways that our sisterhood wound manifests. One of the ways is that, you know, women feel that other women are competition because they're experiencing a lack of healthy men, right? And so when there's a lack of healthy men, women feel like they're in the scarcity mindset and they're always feeling like they're in competition with other women or there's a lack of healthy men. And as a result, those unhealthy men are traumatizing the shit out of these women and constantly cheating on their wives and constantly, you know, um, not holding a safe container for women and as a result those women then form anger towards other women because they're constantly put in in situations against and in, in competition with other women and this is a really real thing so it's really important to sit with this to heal it and then to be courageous enough to let go of friendships that aren't a full body yes for us and then find friendships eventually that are nourishing and that are a full body yes and that feel safe for us. So that's all I have for you guys today and I hope that that was helpful. I love you guys so much and healing the sisterhood wound is so worth it because we start to realize that the world doesn't need to be as scary as it once was for us and a lot of times we experience a lot of really traumatic things in childhood and then instead of experience that, experiencing the safety that we actually craved, we recreate our traumatic experiences from childhood and so Healing the sisterhood wound means that we get what we really wanted, which was safe relationships with other women. And a lot of times we didn't get that from our mothers or from our sisters or from the women around us, from the girls in our schools. And so when we actually do the work to sit with our sisterhood wound, we actually start to see and, and realize and, and open up and our heart starts to feel safe and to realize that the world doesn't need to be this scary and that we can actually have a loving, safe 
relationship with another woman and that even though we didn't get that when we did deserve it when we were younger or when we had certain experiences even as adults we are still are deserving of it now and we can still create it now and so I wish that for all of you and I love you guys so much thank you guys for listening and I will talk to you soon bye